Hello everyone, my name is Walia Eaglehawk and I'm the BTS theorist. I'm a sociologist, a social theorist, a full-time army and the author of Idol Limerence, The Art of Loving BTS as Phenomena. I make books all about BTS and ARMY and now I'm making podcasts too. On The BTS Theorist, I want to bring to you stories from within the fandom and new perspectives on BTS and ARMY. Think of this as a place where I share ideas, experiences and observations all about those seven men we love so much and the fandom that journeys next to them. Plus, I'll bring in people to interview from time to time just to keep it fresh. If you're an ARMY, it's so good to have you here. If you're a curious onlooker, hi. I hope you find this episode informative and that you walk away with a better understanding of just what makes BTS and ARMY so good. On today's episode, I am fortunate enough to be interviewing an, es- an essayist from my latest book project, I Am ARMY, We Don't Need Permission. This book features a collection of essays from ARMY from around the world that share their stories of how they found BTS and who they are. All right, so on today's episode, I am joined by my new friend all the way from Lithuania. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we have Martina Kuchinskater, <laughs> whose name I am still attempting to nail um, as we speak, and I will continue to practice afterwards. Uh, she is a pianist, a poet, and a writer from Lithuania. She is currently tutoring students in Lithuanian, me now included, <laughs> as I attempt to. I think it's a new hobby. Let's be real. I think I'm going to try and get into this language because. I don't want to make a fool of myself ever again. She also teaches music. Um, Her essay is titled, My Existence is Impressive, Unique and Important. And it tells the story of how she grew up as a post-Soviet kid and how she found BTS when she needed the most. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much for being here on this lovely Sunday afternoon for you. Um, Mm. Yay. So glad to have you here. All right. So... I want to kick off by asking you how you first uh, found BTS and became an army. Can you share that story? Like literally spare no detail. Tell us all about it. Definitely. So as many armies, I found them when I was struggling a lot in life. And in my essay, I really wrote a lot about it. So I'll just read uh, a little excerpt from it because uh, it tells everything. So just before the excerpt, um, I was studying in US at the time and it was the middle of pandemic, so I was depressed. And one time I just was looking up some reactions on YouTube and I was watching Rumi Official's channel who, who did some reactions to music. And yeah, that was that was the first time that I heard Dynamite. So the first time I heard Dynamite is absolutely enchanting me from the first few seconds in. Right after Joel's reaction was over, I went to then called Big Hit Entertainment's official YouTube channel and watched the music video. And then I watched it again and again and again. I couldn't stop smiling. Uh, I think that night I watched Dynamite at least 20 times in a row and then proceeded to search for people reacting to it and getting excited about everything all over again. I could not comprehend how an almost four minute video was so well made, kept my attention for all its length without any breaks, how each member was so different, charming and funny, and how the whole experience was so engaging for me. I was fascinated by something so simple from the first look, so well put together, edited, and executed to make me smile, laugh, and gasp watching it for the 20th, 30th, and 100th time. That was the day when I discovered BTS and the moment when I realized that what BTS creates is not just a performance or putting up a show. They create an extraordinary experience for those who have an open heart and mind to receive it. 
So that's what I wrote in my essay. But really, that was something like a big wave, like a big energy coming into my life. And then I was, oh, I can be this level of happy when I discovered them. Wow, that's so cool. So your first experience of BTS was something so full of joy and happiness for you in the middle of the pandemic. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, And also a lot of the essays uh, in I Am Army, we don't need permission, uh, reflect on that exactly. Like so many people became ARMY during the pandemic. So what I want to know now is did you like learn about ARMY right away? How did you kind of learn more about the fandom? And then at what point did you say, oh, yes, I am an ARMY. I am a fan. I think I was a fan from the that first video, but I did not really know what really ARMY is and how big it is, how versatile. So it took me quite a few months to really get to know a fandom in general. But yeah, I was kind of dipping my toe into BTS's content really slowly too, because I wanted to enjoy every video, every music video that I discovered for as many times as possible before moving to the next one. And it was still Map of the Soul 7 kind of era at that time. So I listened to that album and then just kind of listened to it over and over again until I knew everything about it and then went to something next from their albums. And then, yeah, kind of eventually discovered the ARMY is so cool and so lovely and kind uh, community to be in. So, so cool. So at the time you said you were in university, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and were was, you studying in the U.S. at the time? Yes, yes. I was in the U.S. studying my master's degree. Uh, I was doing my last year, which is really difficult, especially during the pandemic when um, you get the, you kind of lose the sense of community, just staying home and practicing on your own. I was studying piano performance art. And it was very lonely, right? Uh, the, the few opportunities that we would get to go into college was just to kind of practice and prepare for recordings that we needed to do for our exams. So you go in, there's not, no one there, and you just practice, you record, and you leave. And for a performer, it's kind of uh, really difficult to keep up the spirits and, and be good at what you do when there's no audience, which really resonated for me how BTS felt at the time. That's so interesting because I would imagine that as a musician um, and also going to another country to study, the whole idea would be to immerse yourself in the culture and to be surrounded yeah. by people. Um, and then suddenly uh, you you can't yeah, be yeah. anywhere near people. Yeah, definitely. The first semester was great and then everything shut down. And of course, I would meet friends outside or in parks. I would still walk around and discover the city. I was in New York. It's a great city to just walk around even outside, but but yeah, definitely the, the sense of community was very minimized. So BTS kind of filled in that gap. Yeah. And were you able to find that like a new sense of community through ARMY? Like what did you start um, participating on like Twitter or Instagram or TikTok? Yeah. What did that look like? Um, mostly just following accounts on Twitter and, and having that kind of fun dose in your life. And then TikTok, which I... I think I discovered you through TikTok, really just, uh, you were showing your books and, and I was like, this is so cool. That's what I want to do too. Uh, so yeah, TikTok definitely has a variety of army content and I enjoyed that a lot during the pandemic. Uh, and later I, I joined, I wanted to learn Korean. So I joined uh, Bangtan Academy, which is a great place to learn Korean and I'm still in it and studying. Oh, that's so cool. All right. So you, you teach language and also now yeah. you're learning another language. What? Yeah. I'm just curious, like, what is that like? Because um, obviously you know what it's like for your students when they're trying mm-hmm. to learn Lithuanian and me just trying to yeah. learn your last name before. Um, how has it been for you learning Korean? 
it's really fun. Uh, I'm a bit sad that I don't give it as much time as I would want to, uh, because it's really fun. And the system that's made in the in the school is like really um, accessible for anyone. Although for myself, as I really just like studying languages, I studied quite a few European uh, languages, Indo-European languages, and this is very different for me, but I still take it with an approach that, oh, I know how this works. I get the rule and I move on. So it's really fun. It was a bit of a challenge to learn a new alphabet because I've never learned other uh, alphabets uh, in my time of studying languages. And yeah, uh, I just see how how my students learn some things and I learn something in Korean and then I kind of apply to my lessons, tutoring them if they live abroad. Yeah, definitely. It's it's like I'm in a language bubble living right now. That's so cool. I want to I want to be in that language bubble too, um, <laughs> for sure. And I think it's so interesting that, I mean, I learned Korean. Um, I was learning Korean before BTS, but definitely I found BTS because I was learning Korean. Um, and after BTS, wow. I wanted to learn Korean even more. <laughs> Um, so it's interesting, oh, like the pipeline of army that like everyone yeah. I have spoken to has gone through the, I love BTS and now I'm learning Korean, um, yeah, which is, yeah. which is beautiful, right? Like the fact that we all want to share in that, in that language and in that culture. I think, I mean, yeah. I think, that's really I, think cool. I think everyone has a bit different personalities in each language when they speak and that's when people know more than like one language, they notice that. So we want to really understand BTS and that's why we learn Korean. The translations are great and all the explanations are great, but just really knowing how the language works. Like right now, there are the series where on YouTube when someone explains how each member speaks and like what's their dialect and everything, it's so interesting to understand their personalities more through their language. So yeah, that's I think why most armies just jump into learning Korean. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Okay, last thing on language, just um, in Lithuania, do you have different dialects as well? Uh, we kind of have, but they're mostly spoken by older generations people. And the, as the time goes by, there's just kind of a standard language that's taught in mm -hmm. all the schools and everywhere. So you can still find like grandparents or some some people on like the sides of the country where it's more like secluded and they still have a little bit of dialect, you can definitely understand them pretty well. So it's not that much. And I live in the center of Lithuania. So it's like the cleanest languages you can find as, as if mm -hmm. I live like in Seoul. Uh, so for me, it was very easy to learn it and to teach everyone else. For others, as I teach now some students from like further cities, like further from the center, I feel mm -hmm. like, oh, they put accents in different places. How do I teach them how to put accent in the word in the right place? Even though there's no, no like right or wrong, it's just the standard language rules they have to follow. But yeah, dialects are kind of um, almost assimilated to the standard language by now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in Korea, it can be so, it's still um, quite evident it's, as, as yeah, we're learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. That's so interesting. All right, okay. I digress. Okay, so what I want to know um, more from you now is I'm just so interested. I barely know anything about Lithuania. Um, mm -hmm. So what was it like growing up in Lithuania and what was it like growing up as a post-Soviet kid? Like, uh, can you tell us a little bit yeah. um, about the history and yeah, yeah. what it was like for you growing up? Yeah, yeah. So Lithuania is a small country and we've been occupied many times and for long periods of time. So at first we had the first occupation by, by like, not Soviet, but before that, like Tsarist Russian. And then after that, some time passed and then we got occupied again by Soviet Union. And it lasted a really long time and ended at 1990s. Uh, and I was born in, on 1996. So I was just after the 
gaining independence again for Lithuania. And it was a very um, difficult period for, for the little country to kind of get back on track and um, like catch up with the rest of the world, like on all the levels. And it was struggling economically, economically a lot. Uh, I remember my mom just telling me how it was difficult for me to just buy simple cookies as for your kid. It was just something that you cannot really afford. I have no idea how my parents grew up. It was a bit better when they were growing up. But for me, it was just that changing time, that transitional period. And it was most people were really poor uh, until we kind of gained uh, back the value. And yeah, I just have the excerpt from where I told more about like how it was about the, the professions, the emotional uh, state of people who were growing up in Soviet Union. So I was born six years after Lithuania restored its independence and finally freed itself from the Soviet Union. All my life, I've been told by my parents that I can become whoever I want to be. But the sad reality of recovering country throws a heavy shadow over those big dreams. When I was just two or three years old, I only wished to be the lady behind the baked goods counter in the grocery store. I did not want to bake those cakes, but solely sell them to the people who would really want to eat them. At the age of three and a half, my parents started teaching me to play piano and saw great potential for me becoming a professional pianist one day. Even then, I still felt that I had a variety of choices of who I could become. A president, an astronaut, a lawyer, a banker. My little self was aiming for big roles, which could impact the people around me and help my recovering country, make things better and life easier for everyone, including myself. I did not necessarily feel the calling for all those positions, but as long as they were powerful positions, I wanted to aim for them like the moon and then maybe land somewhere in the stars. However, even with my parents' support, having such big goals at that time was not easy for anyone my age. Okay, so so it's so interesting that, you know, Lithuania has been you know, independent for only 33 years now. So you were you were mm-hmm. really coming in at that time of great change. So you knew that it was possible to dream big, but it yeah. was kind of, was it kind of a question of, well, how do I, how do I get there? You know, like, so you yeah. know it's possible, but how? Is that it the was, question that it was? It was more like I have to do something for my country to make the life better. So my own dreams, my personal wishes and desires are not really that important. I have to work for everyone's good and lift up the country however I can. So like art has some kind of place in it, but even though it's more like my calling, I didn't feel like it could do so much good in the country's uh, recovering as like some more political positions. And we were really having some good political leaders at the time. And I was thinking, well, they can do something. They are doing something important. So I should aim for that too. And I think most of people thought that, that this is the important roles that you can play. And if the kids are growing up, they have to become, well, usually it's in Lithuania, it's popular for, for boys or the girls who are tall to say, just become a basketball player because basketball was one of the things that made our country famous at the Soviet Union time and after it. So it was just becoming something or someone for the world to see us and to recover the country quicker. Okay. All right. That's so interesting. Okay. So at what point did you really start to pursue um, music seriously? So you mm-hmm. said like growing up, you were um, playing a piano and you started yeah. thinking maybe I could be a, um, a pianist. 
at, were you a teenager? Were you a kid? Like when did you start going, I could pursue this and then also mm-hmm. not only do that but go to another country and um, yeah, yeah. study this at a, at a, a postgraduate level? Yeah. Uh, well, I kind of had to choose when I graduated high school, like what do I do in college? So that was the time when I decided I still really enjoy playing piano, which I enjoyed my whole life. And I'm really good at it because I did it from three and a half years old. So I may as well just choose this path because I like playing piano. It's not like I aimed to be a famous pianist or something. I just loved playing and performing music. And I liked that when you're studying, you get like all the uh, access to the good pianos at the school. You get like kind of tutoring to learning all the genres when you're playing. You get the feedback from professors. So it's just a good place for me to do what I love and learn more about that in in being in that field. Uh, As well as music, though, I always loved literature. So I studied uh, double uh, major in my bachelor's degree and I studied literature and that's why I can teach language now uh, so those two things kind of went together and for master's I decided oh I can't really do both things anymore like I'm lacking time in my day so I just chose okay let's do music because I can't really take break from practicing piano if I take a break it will take a long time to get back into this the good state that I was in So I just chose, okay, now I'm doing piano. If I want something later, I can do something with literature anytime, really, or during it. And and I kept writing a lot of like poems and just texts for myself while I was studying piano. But that was my main goal, just because I cannot let it let it go as long as I want to do it professionally. And now I'm kind of taking a break from music and more concentrating on on literature as I kind of planned. Where the decision to go abroad was just because I was looking for uh, a little bit different experience that I had in my country for a bachelor's degree. And I got a really good uh, different perspectives in New York. Okay, so literature, tell me more. So you're you are a poet, you're writing, is that yeah. correct? What, what do you I, write about? I write mostly poetry, yeah. Um, I used to write more longer texts and whenever anyone is like, have struggles with like annotations for books or just need to proofread something and just edit their text they always give me. So I enjoy that a lot. And yeah, mostly for myself, I write poetry. It's kind of a second nature. If I'm struggling with something, I write. If I'm bored on a train or a bus, I write poems. And if I need to sort things out in my head for something, it's like a self-therapy. And by now I have collected so many poems that I decided I want to put them in a little book just uh, find the ones that I can release. And yeah, I'm working on sorting them out, uh, not really editing them, which is interesting for me because I'm a perfectionist, but they stay as they are as like little um, writings of that time, me. And yeah, I want to put them and release and then start kind of a new chapter because yeah, I've been writing actively from like 15 years old and now I'm 26. So it's like a good 11 gap year um, of poems. <laughs> that I have to kind of put together and leave them in the past for now. Wow, that's so exciting that you've gone from being a wonderful pianist, which I'm sure you still are, to now also publishing your first poetry collection. That yeah, I'm is excited about it. Yeah, it's yeah. really so exciting. I'm, I'm curious I'm curious to know how does BTS like do BTS inspire your creative process at all, your writing, oh, um oh. when you play music? Yeah, can you can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
for music, not that much. For music, when I watch them, I just watch them as really good performers and I can value them from that performance point and I know what goes in their heads or like how they prepare for a good performance and it's just more like relating to them and for writing I really do take a lot of inspiration from them mixing up languages which we all as ARMY love because they mix in English words they do Japanese songs they even throw a few Spanish words they do a few like languages kind of mix uh, mainly keeping Korean and for my poems, I used, I used to write mostly in English or Lithuanian, but later I thought I can mix in some other words. I studied French. I know German. I can just find the words that are not existing in other languages and they would make way more sense. So I kind of started incorporating that aspect in, into my uh, thoughts and also just kind of self-discovery type of writing, uh, which I think also looked looked up at BTS how well they do it in the art form of self-discovery. And I want to do that too. Very, very cool. All right. So you, you spoke a little bit about it already. So I want to know um, what has changed since writing your essays. So your essay is kind of based around the time when you were in America during the mm-hmm. pandemic, becoming an army. Um, so obviously you're not in America anymore and a few no years have passed. <laughs> so, so where are you at in life right now? What has changed? What does life look like? And most interestingly, like what, what does being an army look like for you now, now that you're a few years into it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely at first you just consume everything that you find about BTS and it becomes like a daily thing. By now it's kind of calmed down, which I feel like it's a healthier relationship with BTS. By now I follow everything that they do, but not like five hours per day. It's, it's just main things and just rooting for them and just listening to main things like albums or concerts that came out. And yeah, so it's kind of calmed down and I really kind of incorporated them into my daily life just by loving myself things and and just decorating my room with some of their posters. Something that's like always a reminder that they're around, uh, but it's not that active. And of course, I, I moved home after the studies. I want to take a break after studying and yeah, just working from home now and having this time to build up my myself really back because I was really exhausted from the studies, both emotionally and physically. So I'm really just prioritizing myself. Uh, BTS really inspired to prioritize myself and not other people. So that's how they're playing the role in my life right now. All right. Well, you spoke a little bit about it just then, but can you tell me a little bit about your love yourself journey? Because you do talk about this in your essay. So what, like, first of all, like, what is love yourself? Um, How did you find this message and how are you having this journey right now? What does that look like? Mm Mm-hmm. I think I discovered Love Yourself just through the interviews of BTS more. And then I went to their album series, Love Yourself. And I kind of just was inspired by how each member was telling how they learned to love themselves. And I was thinking that it's such an obvious thing for anyone that, yeah, you should love yourself. But um, unless you put in time and put it into practice, you can't really find uh, your own ways to loving yourself. So I tried to discover that. And over the past like a couple of years, uh, I'm just like setting more boundaries in my life, just trying to find out what really works for me and uh, starting to like please other people less and, and look what I need more in life. And yeah, so 
even from the the most simple things like what I get from people and what I give, that balance, uh, it was really sorted better after after following BTS because they set such high standards for anyone, for our friends, for our partners and lives. And at the time that I found BTS, I was in a quite toxic relationship and BTS kind of inspired me. No, you, you need to leave it. You deserve much better. And now I'm in a the most healthy relationship ever in my life. And my partners really just checked all the boxes that BTS standards are for, for most people. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, they reminded me I, I need better in my life. Oh, those are words to live by. <laughs> um, the amount of people that I have heard have, like, have that same story of mm-hmm. BTS helping them, well, not only learning to love themselves and what that looks like, but also have higher standards for intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. I mean, yeah. when um, oh, definitely. when you have people like BTS who are great humans, like it can really shine a light on all the, I guess, the gaps uh, in our yeah. lives. Yeah. <laughs> so, yay, thanks, BTS. All right. <laughs> so we're getting pretty close to the end of this chat. So right before we go, I want to know from you, and you've got to answer in, I don't know, as quickly as you can, mm-hmm. what is your favourite BTS era, your favourite music video, and your favourite song? It's so hard to choose, but as I jumped in into Map of the Soul 7 era, I think songs from that album are my favorite songs and my favorite song at that time and still now was J-Hope's Ego. Uh, it just puts me in a dancing mood. It reminds me that I am like, I have to live in my body. I don't have to go up in my head and, and get you know consumed by anxiety or stress in life. So Ego by J-Hope, but really that whole album is my like really self-discovery thing uh from the from the kind of professional field as a musician though when i uh value the albums i think wings is is the album that i connect to the most because it has so much classical influences and for the music video oh god (laughs) um i really like jimin's serendipity uh i think it's magical to look at it just as an art form so, yeah, that would be my fix. Good choices. All right. So we got Outro Ego. We've got Wings Era, but also a little bit of Map of the Soul 7. Yeah. And also Serendipity. Yeah. Ooh, good choices. Um, yeah. And also it's fitting because it is, um, you know, Hobie's birthday month. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. also uh, announced his enlistment today. Yeah, which is, Yeah, so did I. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to cry. I wasn't. Well, I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. know what I was going to do mm-hmm. um but then as soon as I saw the notification come up I was like oh man <laughs> not again why so sudden <laughs> I know and he's doing so well um mm-hmm. so you know I guess it's always better to go out when you're on top so oh, I yeah. guess that's oh, a good yeah. thing um thanks yeah, yeah. I wish I wish you didn't have to go at all but um anyway yeah we'll just we'll, I think we'll they're gonna get through it quickly music. Yeah, yeah please the quicker the better please come back yeah, soon yeah. BTS yes. all right so on that note I'm going to I'm going to wrap up now. I want to thank you so much for joining me today and of course your wonderful contribution to I am Army. Um I know it took we were working on it for a long time back and forth um the book in general. Um and I'm really excited that it's now about to come out tomorrow. So by the time everyone's listening to this the book will be out in the world um and I'm you know posting it to everyone. So hopefully very soon we will be all of us holding. I don't even have my copy yet everyone. That's um 
that is the state of the postal system right now. Um, but, you know, hopefully very soon it will be here. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope you had a good time. I, I really enjoyed getting to know you more. <laughs> thank you. I had a great okay. time with you. It was such oh, a pleasure. Great. Yay. Okay. So I'm going to put your Instagram uh, handle and link in the description on this podcast and on the video and everywhere that people can find it. And I'm going to put my contact details there as well. Um, for everyone listening, if you want to read this essay and all the essays, please do pick up a copy of I Am Army, We Don't Need Permission from revoltbooks.com or Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Book Depository or really anywhere online you can pick it up or you can order in through your local indie reta retailer. So please um, support local if you can, order through them, they'll know what they're doing and they'll get it in for you. Um, yeah, and that's all we've got time for, folks. Thank you so much and I will see you next time. Bye.